We were excited. Very excited. The idea of partnering with someone I admire, who's also a great friend, could hardly be contained. However, however, we tapped the brakes just long enough to make a plan. This is our journey. Join me, Aaron Anaker, and me, Shanoa Lawrence, as we put our cards on the table to partner up and talk about partnering up. You're listening to In Good Company. Should we even do this? That is the question. Fair is fair. Well, at least that's the saying. Shanoa and I are not really convinced that that actually works in practice. Our understanding of fairness really evolved as we were talking and became a lot more nuanced. We really dig into what feels equitable and brainstorm ways to identify when our partnership gets off kilter, because it will, it's inevitable. I think fairness is probably the number one source of conflict. Mm, yes. And I liked, I well, I really like this book, first of all, because I feel like it doesn't take a surface level approach to it. it like it totally acknowledges the people side of it, the human side, and how fairness has nothing to do with reality and everything to do with perception. Yes. And that perception is changing and different for every couple and, and every set of partners. Um, so evaluating what those interpersonal equitable things are, um, I think it's just so healthy to do up front. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because there's a strong emotional component to fairness, it's not something that we human beings are necessarily very good at identifying. Sometimes we just get these feelings that arise out of nowhere and they take us by surprise. So mm -hmm. how are we supposed to get other people to acknowledge our feelings and our perspectives when we're not even clear on that ourselves half the time? Can you describe any past experiences with contributing to a project and the fairness factor? Mm. I think the first thing that jumped into my head as I was reading about this was like the stereotypical group project college experience, right? Uh. I think everybody's experienced that at some point in time. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if it was if my experience was typical or not, but I just feel like every every year there was like some big group project that impacted grades in a major way and it was always 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 a struggle and uh, you know the, the the root issue there was always who is doing the work and who is not doing the work and who is benefiting from all that work I'm putting into it you can tell like which end of the spectrum I was on from the <laughs> fairness point of view <laughs> like I always felt like I, I was one of the people that was putting a ton into it and uh, other folks were benefiting from that. And the funny thing is, you know, like I think if asked, I, I wouldn't have done anything differently in terms of the amount of work I was putting into it. I just would have been overall happier if I felt balanced with the project's workload. I think that example is interesting, not just being on the same side as you in multiple projects during college, but there was one time where I was on the other side of it and it was my senior year fall quarter 
and fall quarter always coincided with soccer season and playing college soccer is a huge time commitment. So it was a trick to balance schoolwork and class and a job and soccer. So, and we traveled a lot. So um, that, I remember I had a full load, 18 credits, um, and our team was really good that year. And the season ends, uh, I want to say early November, maybe mid-November. But if you go to regionals and then nationals, it goes all the way into December into finals or just before finals. So anyway, we made it to regionals. We made it to nationals. And I remember this class. Oh, man. It was one of my design classes. And we had this giant group project the whole time. And there was in my group, there was this guy who was the know-it-all. And he was really good at doing, it was a Flash project that we were working on. Do you guys remember Flash back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> I also remember thinking that Flash and ActionScript were way cooler than JavaScript. <laughs> I am not a developer anymore. <laughs> Anyone understand why? Yeah. Um, so anyway, he was really good at ActionScript and Flash. And this other girl in the project was willing to do anything. And another girl... Um, I can't remember what she did, but basically all of the roles were taken and then I had this huge other project, so to speak, that I was working on and or gone from, I was gone like half of the time, half of the class periods. And I literally, I, I'm not exaggerating. I did not do a single thing in that entire class for the entire quarter. <laughs> I showed up to the classes when I could. That's it. And I have no idea how these people felt about me, but I, and I still to this day do not understand how I got this grade, but I got a B. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a feeling the professor felt bad for me and didn't want to fail me because she probably wasn't allowed to. Mm. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, but it's weird feeling that way because then I felt like I'm not contributing, but I cannot foresee how I'm able to contribute anything. Right. Because A, the roles are filled, and B, I don't have the time to invest into it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's what's interesting, too, about these kinds of situations, what I keyed in on uh, during that uh, description was the part where you said, I have no idea how they felt about me. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I bet you could imagine. <laughs> but that's the thing is, is, you know, in a lot of situations, there's no mechanism for for figuring out a way through these, you know, interpersonal equity issues. Uh, people aren't necessarily practiced at it. Uh, they don't know how. Um, I, <laughs> I only know enough to know I need to be better at it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I, I'm not by any means an expert in this area. So um, I, I, I really think that, uh, if we talk about this and work through it and just set up some framework for how we're going to figure this out together, I think that'll put us in like the best possible starting place. So I remember when we were starting this project together and trying to figure out how do we do a podcast? Like, what does that look like? And suddenly we had to troubleshoot all these sound issues. And not to go into too much technical detail, we had to build a sound booth. 
And I had never done that before. And it was basically up to me to, to implement that because we're in my house, in my basement. So, <laughs> you know, it made sense that that would be uh, my contribution to this project um, uh, overall. And I remember you saying to me at one point that you felt like you weren't contributing a lot at that point. And I was kind of I was kind of surprised to hear that just because I hadn't thought about the equity of the situation at that point. And I didn't feel badly at all. I was actually really excited to have the opportunity to jump right into this and to kind of demonstrate like how I could contribute. And hmm. I was feeling like since you've already done a podcast and Below the Fold turned out to be so fabulous um, that I had I had to prove myself. Right. Like you never did anything to make me make me feel that way. This huh. was just my own internal dialogue going, OK, I got to I got to step up and do something here because this is really exciting and I want to contribute in a substantial way to this. So I, I felt like we had balance because you were bringing all of the experience that you gained through having created that podcast. Hmm. And. I had the opportunity to to learn something and and bring a tangible, uh, uh, constructive aspect. Hmm. <laughs> you know, both in the fact that we constructed a sound booth and you know <laughs> that I actually was doing something proactive. So so to me, I, I didn't feel at all that there was any inequality there, and I was really appreciative that you thought about that. I think one of my fears is actually based on how you and I contribute to things. Um, one of the things I have observed about you is that when you're when you decide to go in on something, you are all in. <laughs> it is a hundred and ten percent, and you go until you your arms fall off. Or until your eyes close. <laughs> and I I do that to a certain degree, but I don't think I do it in the same way. Hmm. I feel like the way you contribute is through time. And, and I'm not totally sure if that makes sense, but I don't think I contribute as much in time. Hmm. Like I, I don't like spending hours and hours and hours on technical details and trying to figure them out. So I'll do it in bursts. Um, and I may not spend as much time overall. Hopefully I will solve the problem because I, I enjoy solving problems. But yeah, one of my concerns is that you will contribute more in time and I may not contribute as much time or I feel like I'm not giving as much time. I felt this way for a few times during mm -hmm. this project. And um, my concern is at some point you're going to feel like I'm not contributing as much time. And then also because this is something I know you're active, actively working on, but you may not voice that early on and then it will build resentment toward me. Hmm. And I'm afraid of the moment where you're like, 
oh, write it and we'll do it live. Like you're just going to get pissed and like throw your hands Pulling up O'Reilly. and blow up in front of my face and I'm not going to see it coming. So I, I think that your perception of uh, my personality and the way I approach things is spot on. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'd love to say that that fear is unfounded, but there's probably a grain of truth there. And I, I haven't experienced that with you, but I have experienced that with other people where I get to this point where I just feel like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so much of my time that's going into this. And I, I feel like I can't do it alone. And I, I need the help and I'm not getting it. And I think that's usually where things break down for me is when I feel like I'm fighting a battle that can't be won alone, but I'm still pouring a bunch of time into it. And not asking for help. Yeah. Or not voicing yeah. frustration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and true. Then, and then that's I don't true. want to, I don't want to be a slacker and I don't want to not make the things that we're working on together a priority or feel like you're second in everything I do. I just want to be cognizant of that and voice that early because I think it's really important that we don't try and avoid partnership distress but acknowledge that it will happen at some point and um, figure out how we will identify it and then what tools we'll use in order to communicate about it well from that experience of you know working on the sound booth you just asked me a question and it was a really valid and relevant question and I think if I had been starting to feel anything that would have been a good prompt for me to feel comfortable speaking up because like the way you approached it was very much very open very um you know personable comfortable just real and it it made me check my feelings recognize that I didn't have any problem (laughs) And reassure you that I didn't have any problem. <laughs> so I think that's a good that's a good dynamic. But I think we won't always necessarily recognize when it's time to ask those questions. Or know that, or have the self-awareness around it, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I think I'm fairly self-aware, but I'm not always <laughs> self-aware. I am not naive to know or to think that I have awareness all the time. So yeah. There are moments where I'm charging forward and people are like, what the f*** is she doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same (laughs) Z's. So I've been um, reading this course on conflict. And one of the things that it points out is to, when you start a project with someone else, to sit down and identify possible conflict areas, which I think we've done, um, and then come up with how you're going to approach those when they come up. Are you going to, like, what's your communication style? Uh, What language will you use? Will you have um, sort of a template or a script that you can say so that you don't feel like you have to come up with, um, with words around these things? You can just say, I'm going to pull this chain and I'm going to say, I'm hurting. 
<laughs> and where do we go from there? I like it. Let's not use pull the chain, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm thinking, um, depending on how you feel and depending on the severity of the shift in balance, uh, we could do either in person in our like weekly or monthly check-ins. I can't remember what we decided on that, but to have a question, like a set of a process that we go through every single time, every single time we evaluate each other's needs. We look at our charter under the needs section and we say, are your needs being met? And then the next question is, where is the, how do you feel about the fairness quality? And is there anything you need to voice right now and create a space for that so that every time we check in, uh, there is a place, a time and a place for that to happen. Hmm. Can I interject something? Yeah, go ahead. We probably should have been doing that throughout this whole process. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have been good. So from now on. <laughs> sure. I don't know when we're going to do that, but <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> and then the other thought is to have um, maybe like an email template and it has some a set of questions and a subject line. And maybe the subject line is, uh, this diva is about to go off the stage. Uh, you know, something silly that's <laughs> like, I'm going to throw up the flag. I'm not like super pissed at you. I'm not going to like punch you in the face, but I, there's a problem. And here's, here's the, here are the answers to the questions that we came up with together. I like it. Heck, this could even be like a service, <laughs> you know, like an email list that just pings you every once in a while with different iterations of the template or, you know, a Twitter bot that just kind of like says, Hey, this kitten is sad because it doesn't know how you feel. <laughs> Speak up. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So I think it's important for us to recognize that there's going to be opportunities for us to address specific equity issues. But if we lay some groundwork now by talking about uh, very strongly about what our wants are and what we each bring, then that will give us a really good kind of place to come back to, to make sure that we are um, understanding where we're coming from and, you know, give the opportunity to address things as they change also, because what, what we need and want and contribute right now uh, may be different a year from now. Yeah, totally. So one of the suggestions from uh, the book, The Partnership Charter, is to basically make a list. Each of us go to our own separate corners and write out everything that we are each contributing, write out a list of our wants, and then write out a list of what we think the other person's contributions are and also what we think they want. And so we haven't looked at each other's lists and we're gonna go ahead and read through them together and I think this will be really interesting to figure out how much overlap we have, because while we've known each other for a few years, there's things I think that we've each discovered about each other as we've progressed through this audio series. So um, I'm going to go ahead and kick this off, if that's okay. Estoy nervosa. <laughs> you are? Really? 
a little bit. I don't know. I, I'm nervous about the things that came up for you and like, I don't know. It, this was hard for me. This was hard for me too. I think I was afraid I was going to miss something like obvious. Yes. <laughs> and then make you feel bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're both worried about that. So we're not going to have any problems. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're starting. So this was hard for me coming up with a list of my contributions. It started to feel like I was writing a resume. <laughs> so my number one is 15 years in web design. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, that's really resume-like. So, but yeah, I thought that was kind of relevant, actually, that I've, I've had a, a lot of experience in this industry. I've started to figure out I'm a strategic thinker. Uh, that's not something that everybody has the ability to apply to a situation. And I, I really like puzzles, so this kind of makes sense. Um, I've been told that I ask really good questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I guess that's a good... Uh, I'm hedging on all of these. I need to cut out the hedging. I'm just going to read the list. Don't, yeah. Just read it. Oh, I know. I don't know. Uh, so I'm an asker of good questions. I have a pretty extensive project management background. And I think I bring a fresh perspective to the company. <laughs> See, this is like, I I only have a couple things that I wrote down that were similar. But oh. all, I would agree with your list. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. Okay. Um, empathy. Mm. And these are in no particular order. These are just the order in which I thought of them. Okay. Careful concern for others, which I think is related to empathy, but not exactly the same. Relationship savvy. Uh, field experience with running a design business. Knowledge of starting an organization. Community building. Web design and development. Technical curiosity. Tall thoughts, as uh, our friend Margot Harrington's father coined, which are like the big, big dream ideas. You're really good at, at not limiting yourself when you think about What's possible? Mm. I like that. Um, encouragement. Project management. Experience with mediation and client conflict. Um, and a deep passion for customer service and experience. That sounds pretty cool. I'm <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sweet. I feel like that's a pretty complete list. Between the two of us. That actually sounds pretty solid. Yeah. Now I'm super curious what you wrote for me. (laughs) So do you want to start with your list and I'll tail it? Sure. Uh, Okay. Vision, enthusiasm, marketing strategy, capital, infrastructure, connections, networking, process and systems understanding, conflict management skills, Business savvy, intuition, which is also something you you have as well. Mm. Um, integrity, and you also have that. Um, an email list, a slew of ideas, writing skills, design, and technical know-how. Nice. I have some overlap, and a few more. Mm. 
But I think it's very uh, telling that my very first one was vision. Oh, <laughs> just like interesting. Yours. <laughs> so um, I also put that you have a reputation in the design industry. Like you've been doing this for a while and people know your name. And I think that's powerful. Uh, you have a willingness to experiment, which I think is fabulous. <laughs> um, you're very driven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True. Um, you are also honest and ethical, and you are fiercely competitive. <laughs> <laughs> she says with a ha ha ha. Yes. Um, and I also really think you're a very compelling writer and storyteller. The needs thing, I, I noticed that you only wrote down two for me. Guess how many I wrote down for you? <laughs> two. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you need from a partnership. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I wonder if that happens to people a lot when they're going through this kind of process. Maybe. I, and I actually was really surprised to only have two because I figured with all the discussion we've had so far, we would be able to more easily answer that question about each other. Yeah. And there's one conversation. I swear we talked about this some. Yeah. In maybe the roles conversation. But I could not remember for the life of me what we said so do you want to start with your well, it's a good thing that we're documenting all of this yeah exactly because <laughs> we both have crap memories evidently <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I'll, I'll go ahead and start off with um the things i want this was also hard for me like looking self-analysis i think is tough for me um i would really like the ability to take time to travel um, which includes, like, when we get the budget for it, vacation time, but also the option to take unpaid time off, you know, extend a vacation or a trip or something along those lines. Hmm. I, I adore traveling. And I Things do not I believe not the write. typical American vacation of, you know, five days is near sufficient to experience all the great things there are out there. Oh, that's one of my needs, too. Mm-hmm. To be able to take time off and have someone else run the business. Yeah. I really think balancing work and life is important. Um, since this is this is about me, I, I just, I guess I want to make sure that um, I have the time to dedicate to uh, my side projects, anything I'm interested in, and also to my friends and my family. Um, in a way that doesn't make me feel like I'm compromising myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I guess. Um, I would like a comfortable salary, not a crazy salary. Um, <gasps> I forgot to write that down too. And compensation that grows with the company's success. Word up. I need to like write these things down. You're taking all of mine. You you can copy mine. It's totally (laughs) fine. (laughs) Actually, I really like the fact that we have a lot of these same goals and wants. I mean, it makes it easier to develop, I think, company policy around these commonalities. So um, I would like to be viewed as an owner. We're partnering together and I want to figure out what that looks like. and I would like my contributions recognized. I would just like to be acknowledged for, for what I do. Because I'm kind of crappy at doing that for myself. <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing I just thought of was encouragement. I remember you saying that yeah. 
you need to be told you're doing a good job. Yeah. You're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I didn't need that, but I do. <laughs> it's Yeah, I don't see that as a negative thing. Uh, I think I get too hung up on it sometimes, but, you know, what do you have for me? Oh, it's already my... Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I approach this a little bit differently, and I, when I, the things I wrote down that I want from a partnership weren't related to the things that you wrote down, but those are things that I also want and need. So the way I approached it was like, what do you need from me or what do you need from the partnership itself? Not necessarily from the business. So I wrote I down yeah. um, something I know you really want, which is collaboration. Mm, yes. And something I know you've mentioned in the past is accountability on execution and follow through. Yes. Which is something I would like to. Your list. Ready? Yes. Things I need. Um, helping in executing ideas and long-term consistency. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think either of us are great at that on our own. With like, we have this project idea, we do it for a while and we get really excited and then it peters out and we, you know, fall. it falls by the wayside. But I think together... If if you envision each of us having a waveform, maybe one, when one is up, the other one is down, and maybe we can counterbalance and be able to sustain things longer term, especially when we say, no, we're both doing this, and we feel that sense of accountability. Hmm. I would also like help with planning, organizing, and project management. Another perspective and contrast I would like to share the workload, (laughs) Um, someone to brainstorm with and think big thoughts and bounce ideas off of. Um, I want the collective effort toward a common goal. I want help building a team. I want someone to help manage the day-to-day, if not manage it entirely. And someone to oversee the website and technical side of things. Hmm. I think from that list, there's not a lot that was, there's nothing that was really a surprise. Oh, that's good. Um, (laughs) I would actually be curious um, at some point for you to retool the question more towards what you want personally. Oh. mm -hmm. Is there anything that jumps into mind on the fly? I want to be well compensated and I think I would eventually like around $120,000 in salary. Um, I want to be able to take extended time off, whether that's maternity leave or travel. Um, I would like someone to call me on my bullshit <laughs> and help push me out of my way. So I think sometimes I get stuck in my head and I don't move on things or um, I hold on to something too long, that kind of stuff. Hmm. And I think I also would like encouragement, but I don't. I don't necessarily need a cheerleader, but 
someone to say thank you for the things that I do. Yeah, that makes sense. And I don't know why I feel weird about this, but I kind of feel like it's a stupid thing to want. But I want public notoriety of the things I do. And like part of me wants to have more recognition, like name recognition and um, industry recognition for the work that I do. I don't know if that's a bad thing to want or not, but I don't think so. Um, it feels like quote unquote fame to me. And I really hate that term because it feels so negative. No, I know what you mean. I think, well, I think the difference between fame and being recognized in your industry is, I mean, the concept behind fame is that it sometimes happens to people who haven't done a lot of work to get there. Hmm. It's it's almost more of a result of circumstances and connections and all these other weird little things that just fall into place in a certain way. Whereas uh, being acknowledged in your industry for all the hard work that you do is because you've done a, a lot of hard work. Like you've... Um, <laughs> You know, you sacrificed all the blood and the sweat and the tears have had a purpose and and that people want you to keep doing what you're doing. So to me, it actually sounds very reasonable Hmm. because it's like if you if you're I mean, especially for what we're trying to do, because if we don't have the ability to make an impact, then we're falling short of our goals. We're falling short of what we had set out to do. Hmm. And so so to a certain extent, achieving recognition is simply getting outside feedback on meeting some goals. And actually, I'm thinking about how deep this runs. Like, um, I know I've talked about soccer before and briefly earlier this conversation um but all throughout my soccer career I wanted to be captain. I wanted the acknowledgement from the team that I could lead. And I only had that briefly once and it was when I was younger, so it didn't feel as meaningful. Um and I think in those scenarios I'm for better or for worse, I am someone who rises to the occasion. And it's harder for me to clamor my way to the top. Like, I'm someone that if you if you elected me president, I would rise to that occasion kind of thing. If you set me as um, up, up as the as the leader, as the number one go to, I would rise to that occasion. If you told me I'm starting um, on game day, I would rise to that occasion. But to say, to dangle something in front of me and say, you don't get this until you earn it, then I just mind myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then ad- in addition to that, in college especially, there were conference awards at the end of every season. And I got honorable mention a few times, as I did in co- in high school as well. But I always wanted, like, player of the week. I always wanted, like, season MVP. And because I didn't start... I never got that title. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. I never got that recognition um, and didn't deserve it because because I didn't start. So, uh, but those were things that were like really important to me. And it was always hard for me to acknowledge that to myself because I felt like, I don't know what, I don't know what the word is, selfish or um, self-involved. Self-serving. Yeah. Yeah. I've felt those things before. Absolutely. Yeah. I can identify with that. I can definitely identify with that. And I think it's maybe good that we're both uncomfortable with it. Because <laughs> if you think about it, if we were both just like, yeah, whatever, I deserve all this amazing stuff that's happening to me, you know, that's that's not so good. That's a person who can't look internally and analyze how they're doing and who they are and if they're making progress in their goals and that kind of thing. And I think the fact that we're uncomfortable with wanting acknowledgement and wanting this kind of uh, reputation, if you will, speaks a little to the fact that, you know, we're not just assuming that it's going to happen. We are willing to do the work and we are willing to stretch ourselves and we're not going to get there unless we (laughs) face up to the fact that, yes, this is what we want and we're going to have to seek it out. Maybe we're going to have to hire a publicist at some point to, like, toot our horn. (laughs) Hashtag humblebrag. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, I mean, I I remember having a conversation with somebody at one point that was kind of, like, moaning and groaning a little bit about that thing that happens on Twitter sometimes where people are like, hey, this person said great things about me or (laughs) this, I just got this award or, you know, that kind of thing where people get excited about something and they want to put it out there into the world for more people to know about that. And it was irritating to him that 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 happens so much on Twitter. And it's like, yeah. Uh, There are some irritating scenarios. I can see that. But it's also the way it's portrayed. And like, I've also heard that from someone, I don't remember who it was, but they were complaining about people retweeting stuff that other people said about them. Yes, that, that was a prime example. Yeah, and I thought, why? <laughs> it's so flattering when someone says something nice about you, especially online in a public forum. Why wouldn't you tweet about it? Why wouldn't you publicize that? You publish testimonials. Yeah. You have to brag about your or people won't buy it you know (laughs) yeah and it's it's not it doesn't have to be in a braggy way yeah it can be in in uh wow thank you this person said something really nice about me and i appreciate that yeah here's some food for thought think about a time when you willingly agreed to do something that seemed fair on paper But as you got into it, you realized it didn't feel fair. What was the root of that feeling? We would really love to hear your story. Remember when phones were used to call people? We're still down with that. Call us at 470-238-9498 and leave a message with your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Our show is edited and produced by the fantastic Justin Wayne. Theme song is by Scott Buckley at scottbuckley.com.au with incidental music by Broke for Free. 
Many thanks to our friends, family, and mentors for encouraging us to pursue our crazy dreams in this venture. And of course, a big thanks to you, the listeners of In Good Company. Show notes, transcripts, and other goodies are available at our website, ingoodcompany.fm.